0: We're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, and I'm pumped for today's guest because we're going home, my original home, back to the Hoosier State, and actually we're going to a golf course that I love, a course that I didn't play as much as I would like, but played in a few high school matches, the Legends Golf Club in Franklin, Indiana. We're going to go talk a little bit about that, and you might remember that course because not this season, but earlier on in in the history of this show, we had Ted Bishop on who is a former PGA of America president. He's the general manager at the legends. So today, and it's funny how this guest came about. So just a few days ago, I get a friend request from someone and I see that she's a golfer and I'm like, cool. Who is it? Look and see. She's a legends. Yada, yada, yada. And now here she is in the show to talk about what she does. This episode of the hashtag Wednesday match play is presented by eat sleep golf. If you're at home watching, if you don't already subscribe to the YouTube, YouTube channel, click the subscribe button down below. But also do one more thing. Click on the notifications. That's the easiest way to guarantee you get notified when this show hits every Wednesday at 10 a.m. You don't want to look at us? That's okay, too, because we're on iTunes and we're on Google Play in a podcast format. So head over there. Subscribe there as well. But anywhere you want to obtain this content, it's easy to do so. But every Wednesday morning 10 a.m., you'll find another episode. And we'll wrap it up this season as well. We're already starting this plan for season four. So only a few more episodes left. Of season 3 and excited about season 4. We had a couple of fun things planned for that, but this show is also a part of the Golf Radio Network. Don't you just love the shirt? I mean, I, I'm a big fan of this color. The Golf Radio Network is just a collection of syndicated podcasts that Gabriel Aloisi set up and it's growing and we'll talk about podcasts tonight because our guest has a podcast, but enough about that and enough about me. Let's talk about her. So she works at the Legends Golf Club under Ted Bishop and I could pretend to explain all that she does. So I'm going to give her a second to do that. So Let's welcome Crystal Morris to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play.
1: Well, how are you? Thank you for uh, having me on. Really appreciate it. Excited to be here. So,
0: Give us an overview of who you are, what you do, and kind of what your role is at the Legends.
1: Yeah, so to give you a little rundown uh, kind of about my, my golf history, grew up here in Indiana, uh, went to Center Grove High School, so I know that's always uh, Central Indiana Hoosiers kind of know that school. Uh, played college golf at Western Kentucky University. Go Hilltoppers! And uh, actually, after graduating college, I started working for Ted. Decided I wanted to get in the golf business. Worked for him in uh, for two two seasons, and uh, had the chance to go out to Southern California. Um, kind of grew my career out there. Uh, worked in the private club sector at the Lakes Country Club under Mike Clifford, and then again at the uh, the club at Morningside in um, Rancho Mirage, California. Um, Met my husband, who's also a golf pro out there. We have two young kids, and I drug him back here to the Hoosier State to raise our kids in this wholesome state, so around good people. Um, Aside from that, Ted gave me the opportunity when I came back here to be his, started out as as the uh, director of player development. He basically wanted me to grow the game there at the Legends, so I decided to do that through junior golf and ladies golf, because that's kind of what I have a passion for. We grew uh, the program. So started PGA Junior League, uh, had 12 kids in our PGA Junior League program. The first uh, just last year. Uh, This year, through a lot of the programs and just advertising word of mouth, this year we had 72 kids in our program. So we're really, um, you know, just growing the game, growing the game. I uh, became U.S. Kids Certified Coach. Um, I'm an LPGA, USGA Girls Golf Site Director. Um, joined the Operation 36 Golf Program, uh, which I can explain a little bit more about that. It's kind of a long-term player development program that's tons of fun for the kids and really can be used for adults, too. So we, And then through all that, uh, Ted just recently promoted me. He's like, hey, Crystal, I want you to be my head pro Um, so I gave it some thought and I jumped on board. So yeah, Ted and I are, you know, we're doing a lot of fun stuff there at the legends. So it's a great time.
0: That's awesome. And you do realize if if you forgot, it snows in Indiana. So just, I mean, you were in California, California. (laughs) I'm here in Southwest Florida. So when it gets cold, it's 72 degrees outside. So just so you know, around, you know, December, January, when it's snowing, it's not here. So come down and visit anytime you need. (laughs) I
1: know. I know. I'd look forward to that too. I'd look forward to that too.
0: Give us an overview of the operation at the club. I know a lot about it, and like I said, I've played. I've not played in a long time, but tell us a little bit more about the property, what you guys have going on there. Is it daily feed? Do you have some members? Like, kind of Give us an overview of what the golf club is all about.
1: Definitely. So the golf course is located, uh, for those of you who don't know, is in Franklin, Indiana, which is just about 20 miles south of Indianapolis. Very easy to get to. You just hop on 65, head, on, head down there, so it's real accessible. And it's 27-hole. Semi private, so we have members. We also have a lot of daily, daily fee play. Um, More of a link style course, I would say. We don't have a lot of trees, so it's more, um, you know, definitely more link style. Have a fantastic practice facility. Range is huge. We have both sides we can use, great short game facility. Um, And we actually have a par three that we use quite a bit um, that's linked there to the Indiana golf office that we were neighbors with. Uh, that I use a ton for our junior programs. So golf course is great. We have, gosh, like five sets of tees. So there's kind of, um, you know, a yardage for everybody. And, um, you know, we just ran, Ted just ran this fantastic membership special, um, really at the start of the year. And the whole goal with that was really to generate golfers. So we wanted to reach out to those people in the community, uh, neighboring community, that you know, they may not have played the legends, they may not uh, be avid golfers, but we want to make them avid golfers. So our whole goal is to create golfers here in the community. And this membership opportunity that um, he offered really is doing that. It's creating golfers, getting people out to the golf course and kind of letting them see what the legends is all about. And, um, you know, hopefully giving them hooked on the game. So, which, which is, you know, so again, it's a busy club right now. And I'm taking advantage of that by creating a lot of uh, programs for, um, you know, for ladies and juniors and and men, too. I don't leave the men out, but uh, ladies and juniors are kind of my niche, I feel, for sure.
0: So So you work with Ted Bishop, like I said, he's been on the show in the past. He is a legend in the game of golf. The guy has been around the block time and time again, but I love it that he's still at the club. How did you guys first meet and do you enjoy working with him? Kind of what's that look like for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I uh, have known Ted since I was a teenager, uh, played golf with his daughters, Ashley and Ambry, a lot of junior golf, they always kicked my butt on the golf course. Um, I wouldn't say that we we were actually pretty competitive, but they, they definitely were at the college level, I would say, uh, they really excelled. Um, so yeah, I've known Ted for a long time, we kind of developed a relationship, uh, kind of back then where he like, he knew my game and you know, kind of from playing with his daughters, um, kind of stayed in touch and he gave me the opportunity. He's the one that actually really encouraged me to get into the PGA program. So after I started working for him, uh, once I graduated Western, he was like, you know, if you're gonna get into the business, go the PGA route. Um, You know, that's the way to go, this and that. And he's the one that really encouraged me to take uh, the job out in California and kind of go out there full time and and really delve, delve into it. Um, I have always, Ted, I will say is like one of my biggest mentors in the business. He is fantastic, probably the hardest working person. I mean, golf row, anything uh, that you're ever going to meet, he is always on the go. So, and now him and I, now that I can go back to his place with obviously, a little more of experience. Um, I was just kind of a green uh, pro, I would say completely green when I first started working for him. And now, you know, I have some experience to bring to the table. So he's probably appreciates that. But I could not be happier working for Ted. He um, hardworking, him and I have known each other. So we have a good kind of working rapport with each other. Uh, We both know kind of what our responsibilities are. And I'll tell you what the best thing is, he gives me complete freedom, uh, really, to to kind of be creative and uh, think of these ideas that uh, maybe not other courses in the area are doing. And it's really worked out well, because with that freedom, I've really generated a lot of interest, um, you know, like I said, primarily among junior golfers, and it's been a lot of fun. So I, I truly respect the guy, and uh, I love the freedom that he's given me to kind of think of things and, um, you know, help make his club a little bit better for sure. That's
0: awesome. Now, you mentioned yeah. your husband. He's a golfer. He works at Golf Tech there in Indianapolis. Do you guys play a lot of golf? And when you play, does he let you win or do you not need to?
1: <laughs> not at all. And I'll tell you, um, interestingly enough, so we moved back from California. He got a job at um Golf Tech and really just recently, which is probably it's so recent that it wasn't even updated on his bio. He's actually going to become the director of instruction down there at the legends. So we're going to have kind of a family, um, yeah, kind of a family deal going on down there. Not only are the bishops, like I said, we're going to have complete family. So you got the bishops and then you got the Morse family and we're, we're just kind of taking over, um, taking over the legends. So it's gonna We have a lot of exciting things in store, um, you know, for the legends. Like you said, the winners are going to get, Obviously, Indiana winners are not ideal, so we have plans for an for a indoor teaching studio. Uh, They're on site at the Legends, which is going to be, you know, kind of unlike anything on the south side. So, you know, we're kind of, we got great plans. We're looking forward to it.
0: That's awesome. So going back to high school, so Tony Trout, I don't know if you know the name. He was the high school golf coach when I played at Northview. And you have some experience coaching a golf team. So you coached the Whiteland High School girls golf team. What's that like as the coach? Like I've always thought like, you know, as as a leader that Tony was to me and remembering the conversations we had before matches or after or after matches quite frankly. And just like I love that idea. Like, one where do you find the time to do that with all the other stuff you have going on? And what's that experience been like for you coaching a team and is the team any good?
1: <laughs> well, you know, and I don't know if you know much about kind of like the green, Whiteland Greenwood Center Grove area. I would say Whiteland, we we've had a lot of great talent. So this is my was my third year coaching. And uh, we've made it to regionals uh, two out of three years, so which is very respectable. Um, Our regional, usually the state winner comes from our regional. So it's a really competitive uh, regional. So unfortunately, we haven't made it out. But, um, you know, we've been competitive. It's definitely in our sectional for sure. Um, Coaching. So it's interesting. I will say, I, you know, I go into my first year of coaching and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to make them like better golfers and they're going to be awesome. And then I like kind of get into the season and I realize it's, it's with high schoolers, it's a lot more, um, I like said, kind of, kind of the psychology of it. You know, they're, they're stressed from school. They have a lot of distractions from from school and family life and friends and, and technology. And so, you know, my, one of my goals uh it very quickly became if we can make it through a round uh with no tears then we're good like i'm considering that a success because you know just being able to to get their mind right to be able to play golf is is a huge <laughs> accomplishment for a coach uh, so i found that to be one of the main struggles um just realizing to myself it's like okay it's not all about golf so to speak with these high school girls it's more you know, being their mentor, being somebody that they can really look up to, can talk to about things, and uh, yeah, let's kind of throw some golf in there too. Um, but I feel like they've improved. You know, we work a lot on short game, uh, a lot on the hundred yards and in. and um, you know, I feel like I've helped him over over the last three years, so, but it's been great. and to go along with that. So Ted and I, we kind of talked. he hosted, the uh our regional last year and I kid you not it took over 6 hours to play. So pace of play was was awful. Wow. And uh yeah it was bad. And so after that he goes we got to do something about this. So Ted actually um kind of spearheaded this this um I guess thing in Indiana called Project 215 which Which really he partnered with IHSAA and said, listen, we've got to do something about the pace of play in high school golf. Because not only is it affecting, um, it's really about growth of the game. Like nobody's going to want to continue with a game uh, or start a game if it's going to take them more than six hours to play. So we have Project 215 here in Indiana where basically our goal is to get these golfers, uh, teach them how to play ready golf. Uh, get them around the golf course in nine holes in two hours and 15 minutes or less. And so we've done a lot of progress uh, with that this year. Um, it's been great to hear the discussion, especially among coaches saying, okay, you know, let's speed it up. Let's, you know, learn how to play ready golf. Let's work on our pre-shot routines. Um, you know, kind of teach the juniors how to get around the golf course in a reasonable amount of time. And Ted's main point, and you know, our main point in doing this is, You know, we hold adults to expectations like Ted couldn't have. We couldn't have people there at the Legends, just a normal daily play taking six hours because everybody would be up in arms. So why should we let or, you know, why do we let the juniors play in that length of time? So kind of holding the juniors to the same standards as adults and the idea that you don't have to be good to play quick into play ready golf. So that's been a huge discussion in high school golf. And it's been a great, I've seen a lot of good progress with it. So that's been a lot of fun.
0: That's really cool. So Troon as a company has a program called Troon Values Your Time. And the idea is that every Troon facility is to have a time par. So here at Tiburon Golf Club, our time par is four hours and 15 minutes. So if it takes longer, we're able to track that to be able to see where our time par is, and then to be able to look at what's going on on the golf course. We monitor golf cart traffic. I mean, in the golf shop, if you're three minutes behind, boom, it's going to be on your GPS. If you get to ten minutes behind, the player's assistant's going to come out and say, "Hey, you have one hole to, to pick it up, or we're going to move you ahead a hole." And we do a really good job with that here, and a lot of true properties worldwide do. And there's a property out in California, not far from where you were, that actually does pace setter times. So the mm-hmm. first group the first couple of groups during the day, if they play in less than three and a half hours on a four hour and 15 minute time par, Hey, drinks are on us in the clubhouse. Then that sets the tone for the entire day. That way the first group idea. is getting in and getting in fast. And then it just allows for, and for the operator that helps make more money, especially during the season, because you're selling more tee times. If you're able to get people around the golf course faster. So
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. It was main thing. And you know, the main point is nobody, no club, is going to want to public or private is going to want to host a high school team. You know, if it's going to tie up their golf course for that length of time. So we found it to be quite an issue uh, just for, on a growth of the game standpoint, you know, saying, Hey, we got to do something or high school golf, especially girls golf. um, You know, it's going to struggle. So they're not going to be able to find a course to play at. Uh, They're not going to get people wanting to join the team because we're competing with soccer softball basketball all these sports that just take you know maybe two hours to play um you know so we're competing with those so we got to do something to step it up
0: you know no offense to those other sports but golf is the greatest game ever played i'm just saying
1: that's so, what i'm saying
0: <laughs> there's a lot of technology out there TrackMan, man putt lab just a ton of stuff that you could be using in a teaching capacity what technologies are you using if any when you go out there for a lesson
1: um, I'll tell you what I use more technology in the winter time obviously when uh, when we're restricted to indoor teaching so I use um, more technology as far as uh, flight scope and um, and whatnot but in um, my husband the director of gym, he's he's a little bit more uh, technology orient- oriented uh, he'll get up the JC video on the range during a lesson and, and really um, you know use the technology for me, my teaching philosophy, um, I don't even know it's my philosophy, just my teaching style is I kind of get bored on the range. Unless we're really working on like a swing change, um, we kind of go around. I'll spend a lot of time on course management. Uh, so we'll try to get out on the golf course. We'll work a lot on short game. And I'll tell you what my my best tools has been has been my iPhone. I'll use V1 Golf. Um, I got the app um, on my phone. I'll, I'll snap. A couple quick videos, and just from that, I can look pretty readily at a swing plane, uh, swing path, and things like that to get the student back on track. And you know, we just I'll be like, hey, check this out. You're, you know, you're taking it back a little bit too much to the inside. You know, I can compare uh, just on my phone, I can compare to um, plenty of LPGA and PGA pros. And uh, yeah, so my tools are basically an iPhone and V1 app. Uh, it's what I use in the summertime, wintertime on FlightScope. Now, when we get our indoor facility built, we're going to be obviously focused quite a bit more on technology. And we're kind of looking at our options there uh, with the simulator screens. And uh, But we're pretty much sticking with JC Video um, and the putting. I mean, you got to have some sort of putting technology as well. So the Sand Putt Lab is going to be high on our on our list for that. But yeah, technology definitely has its role in teaching. Uh, My husband and I kind of go, but Jim and I always go back and forth about um, how much, because I'm a little old school. um, He's a little bit more new school. So we always kind of like have a healthy conversation about how much technology should be used in teaching. So.
0: That's awesome. Now let's say somebody books a lesson with you. What's that first lesson look like? I mean, they just come in, you get an overview. Do you recommend you know, buying lessons in packs of three or five or more, kind of what's, what's your strategy there?
1: Yeah, well, you know, a first lesson with me is really, uh, it depends on if I know the person or not. So a lot of times, maybe I've seen them around the club. um, And I'll tell you, since I um, just kind of accepted the head pro position, it's put me in more of a uh, position to really talk to a lot more people. And um, I've had a lot more men, I think, in general, kind of, kind of be like, hey, you know, do you teach? I'm like, yeah, I teach. You know, and so we'll kind of have this. Um, I've had a lot more men interested in lessons, which is always, um, you know, kind of kind of fun. So a first lesson with me, basically, I'm getting to know you. I'm getting to know um, kind of what your golf history is. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I became TPI certified, which I'm sure you're obviously familiar with that. So I'm TPI level one certified. So usually a first lesson, if they're not a young junior is going to include a TPI uh, physical screen to kind of see where their uh, physical limitations are and how that's gonna affect their golf game. So uh, the TPI certification was one of the best things that, that I could have done for my teaching because it really opened my eyes to how your physical limitations affect your golf swing. And, you know, basically you have two choices. You can either, we'll, we'll identify a physical limitation And basically the question is, Okay, do we teach around it or do you actually want to go see a fitness professional and try to improve that limitation and and make it so it's not a limitation? So those are basically the questions we ask. And it's like, you know, a lot of depending on the age, I would say, um, you know, you're going to I get people that they just they're not gym rats. You know, they work and they they're busy, so they're not going to have a time to go see a fitness professional. So we'll we'll teach around it, you know, I'll say, okay, well, you're just not capable to make this, this huge shoulder turn. So we're gonna kind of shorten up the swing, um, you know, or just, you know, maybe you have some hip uh, limitations and you're really not able to, to make a turn to your left side. So we're gonna kind of make some, some modifications in your swing for that. So um, kind of a fitness screen is the first thing we do and just kind of getting to know their history. And uh, then kind of go from there. You know, I always, you know, everybody wants to hit the ball further. Um, but I always tend to try to steer them towards the short game as much as I can. So that's kind of, you know, I love teaching short game. Short game and course management, I would say, are like my two main uh, kind of passions to teach, for sure.
0: Well, my pro is all about the short game because my driver is broken. It goes left and it goes right. <laughs> I think we fixed that. But my short game is good because it has to be. So because I don't have a choice. Right. But he, uh, to that, he mentioned something earlier that I that made me think of this. He said not long ago, do you think you can play 18 holes and hit 18 bad shots and still shoot 72? And then when he said that, I was like, no, well, there's no way. And he was like, yes, you can. And then we walked through it and he talked me through it. And he's like, if you allot yourself one bad shot per hole, you can shoot even par, still making par with a bad shot and 18 holes. And I, I've been trying to use that mentally as I, from a course management perspective, playing my way around the golf course. And. And uh, I just I, I like that that's something that you you focus on course management and the short game because you're right from 100 yards and in that's that's the happy place.
1: It's the game, right? And so and especially I've watched a lot of high school golf in these last three years and that's just where I see the biggest discrepancy. And I'm telling the girls I'm like you're fine off the tee. Like yeah, you may miss it five yards off the fairway to the right, but that's not what is causing you to get a triple bogey on this hole, you know, or a double bogey or whatever it may be. And so I, um, you know, I've just seen, I'm like, wow, they really need help kind of distinguishing. Okay. How I'm in this spot. How can I make par? How can I make bogey, you know, in choosing the right clubs, having the right decisions, um, decision-making skills and, you know, just having the right attitude out on the course. That's, that's kind of what I, I love to focus on that with the juniors for sure. So,
0: so you're talking about credentials, TPI. You got a couple of others. Any plans to Dude. add any more? I mean, Aimpoint seems to be like the hottest thing right now. I mean, everybody's using Aimpoint. So looking to add any more credentials anytime soon?
1: You know what? I'm always trying to add credentials. Uh, always. And, you know, part of that I feel is just because, like, I want to learn as much as I can. Part of it is because, you know, and I don't – you can kind of take this um, – However, you want, but part of it is being a female in the business too. I feel like uh, the more credentials and the more um, kind of credibility I can add to my resume, it kind of always helps with that um, clientele. People can kind of view me as a source of, uh, you know, kind of their source for golf, and I feel like these credentials kind of help with that. Um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, aim points a big one. Anything I can do. I um in the process of getting um, certified. I'd love to become a certified PGA professional certified in player development. Um, that's my next goal is just become a certified professional. Um, but yeah, Sam put lab aim point um, I, TPI. I'd love to go back to TPI and actually do the uh, junior um, level. So kind of the TPI level two and focus on the junior golf, because I feel like, here anyways, in Indiana, that's just like a hot spot. Like I'm riding the wave of junior golf right now. So I'd like to get back and get that. Probably this winter. Hopefully this winter
0: I'll be able yeah, to do that. Else to do in the winter Unless you get the studio built. I mean, you'll that's be. what
1: I'm saying. In
0: snow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> now, as I mentioned, this this show is a iTunes podcast. So if you haven't and everyone watching at home, I'm talking to you. Go subscribe Leave a review. Let us know what you think of the content. We've got over 120 episodes. This episode right here is episode 122, and we're not slowing down. We've already started booking guests into season four. So that'll be here before you know it. But speaking of podcasts, on the green podcast, tell me more about your podcast. I love it. And if you ever need a guest, I'm probably available.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, I'm always trying to think of a way to do something different, you know, as compared to our golf in the area. And I'm like, I uh, got asked to be kind of help out with the high school state tournament last season. So the 2017 high school girls state tournament, um, Indiana Sports Radio Network. They said, hey, do you um, would you want to come help us kind of just, um, you know, showcase the high school girls state tournament? We're going to do a show on it. I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. I had so much fun uh, doing that show radio show. And I was like, you know what, I think we could do something. Let's try a podcast. And basically what we're going to do, it's kind of focused on uh, obviously targeting the members of the legends, but it can go much more far reaching than that. Um, You know, we have fun guests on. Again, it all goes back to growing the game, uh, kind of reaching more people through the game of golf. And I don't know, we have a ton of fun with it. So Ted and I, he's kind of... um, He's such a fantastic radio. He, he's great on the radio. So I knew if I had him um, as kind of my sidekick on the show, he, um, you know, it was going to be fun. So it's, it's been great. And we look forward to uh, hopefully keeping it going and uh, just having fun guests on. I'll definitely get in touch with you because we'd love to have you on for sure. You have a lot of fun stuff. So,
0: That'd be awesome. I don't know if you got for just thinking out loud for November. Um, we host the LPGA CME Group Tour Championship, which is basically the their last event of the season, plus kind of their FedEx Cup with the Race to the Globe. Impacts right. overall, like I was mentioning, does a lot of stuff. With you talked about Operation Thirty Six, they actually do yes. an Operation Thirty Six as well. Uh, they do it with not only juniors, they also do it with full fledged adults. I mean, there's yeah. I mean, and. and Adults get pumped about it, right? They and,
1: do. It's so fun.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, there's tons of opportunity. We host an LPGA event and a PGA Tour event. We have the QBE shootout here in December. And then season starts. Like, I mean, pretty busy around here this time of year. But uh, right. always always excited to talk about golf and anything that's going on in the game. And, and you know, it's fun. So, I, as we were talking before we went live, I've started a new show on this channel called Emergency Nine. And I'm thinking to myself, how do I get people to interview me? right? Well, maybe I should start getting guests of the hashtag Wednesday match play to come back to host emergency nine. So I I literally just thought of that. So if I invite you one day to come back and interview me for an emergency nine, be on the lookout.
1: I love it. I love it. I'm in now. The
0: front nine was all business related. Let's, 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 you know, that was fun. It's, it's so cool to see what you're doing there. Please tell Ted, I said, hello. I haven't seen him or talked to him in quite some time, but the back nine is a little bit more fun. And speaking of the emergency nine, the most recent episode, Damon, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, David Keller actually hosted that. He has a really cool product called train your aim. It's the simplest thing. It's a little plastic piece that you put on your putter and it helps you with alignment. And he hosted that in every hole. It was so funny. He was like, Oh, we're coming up on hole number three. It's a par four dog. Like, right? Like it was fun, right? So yeah, if you haven't seen awesome. that, go back and watch it. It was really cool. And I'm not gonna go oh. into that much detail in eighteen holes, but the back nine's fun. We're gonna have a little bit of, of banter about a couple of these, I think. But are you ready for your back nine? I'm couldn't be more ready. Awesome. So there are a lot of good golf courses in Indiana, there's no question. I mean, from Coffin to your place to brickyard to French lick, you just you've got them all over the place, but and Without picking your own, what's your favorite golf course in Indiana?
1: That's a tough question, but I will say, um, probably one of the coolest experiences was when we went down. You mentioned French Lick. Um, you mentioned probably one of the, two of the top ones that um, that I really enjoyed. Brickyard is always a classic because you get to go inside the track. I mean, that's always kind of a draw and not to mention the course design is, is a lot of fun as well. And, but the, the die course of French lick is hard to beat. It's gotta be one of the top golf courses in Indiana. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, We went out there probably, I want to say three years ago, we had the chance to get down there. Uh, We knew um, back when Jan Telstrom, I don't know if you know Jan, but Jan Telstrom was a kind of a, big pro here in the area. He was down at French Lick, um, talked to him. He got us on the course and it was just spectacular. I think, you know, we could have been the only people out there that day had a caddy and it was just fantastic. The course kicked my butt. I mean, it completely is just dominated me, but, um, it was, has one of the highest points in Indiana. So I think, I can't remember what T it was, but one of the T's it's literally the highest point in Indiana. And you can see just. Forever. So die course at French Lick has to be a bucket list. Now I'm sure you know the town of French Lick. So there's not a lot to do in French Lick other than the resort. Like the hotels are incredible. But other than that, you know, it's but, but the golf course and the hotels are are fantastic. So my good friend Dan Adway plays all
0: the time and he says that. So I think you've just you just secured it. I'm going to French Lick next year.
1: Now I yep. assume
0: you have, but have you ever had a hole in one? And if so, how many have you had?
1: Zero. I've had zero. What? And let me tell you. A, yeah. No, let me tell you a funny story. So we have a Jim and I have my husband. and I have a seven year old son. We just got him into golf this year and you can probably see where this is going. Just got him into golf. He's on our PGA Junior League team. Literally, he started golfing in like April. Right. I mean, literally got him a U.S. kid set of clubs golfing. It has a pretty good little swing for a seven year old. Um, he's teeing it up with a friend on the par three before junior league practice. I kid you not. He takes driver out on a 120 yard par three and it takes like two hops and bounces in the hole. And so my son who is seven and been playing for like you know, maybe four months at the time has a hole in one and I have a big fat zero. So it, it's slightly depressing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. You're in good company because I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. I've been yeah. a revolution short more times than I can count. And it's just a matter yeah. of time for both of us. We'll get one. It's just a matter what I'm of time. saying.
1: I know. It's what I'm saying. I've been so close. So <laughs> how far do you
0: hit your driver? Don't lie. You're on TV.
1: I know. Well, I'll tell you what, you know what I switched to, um, I actually had my husband fit me for a driver, The Epic. I had him fit me for the Epic, so I'm a Callaway. Um, I, I'm a Callaway person, uh, Callaway all the way. And Ted's the Callaway Master Staff now, so we're kind of a Callaway crew there at the Legends. Um, got fit for the Epic, so I was I was probably at like two. Um, I'd say like two. I was probably carrying it about two twenty, right? Rolling out. I switched to the Epic. I kid you not. I w- it was like added twenty yards. So carrying it 240 probably rolling it out to you know 250 on a on a you know on a good day. So I want
0: strokes if we're flying, I want strokes. <laughs> what so is I'll tell
1: your- you what, I was going to say the epic um love the epic driver gave me tons of distance but I will say um I lost maybe just a hair of consistency. So whereas I could always be down the middle, always be down the middle. Um the epic, I'm I'm a little more unsure. So I'm I'm looking at uh you know maybe switching it up to the rogue here soon. So that's awesome. That's awesome
0: that you're with Callaway. Dan, the guy I was just telling you about, yeah. he's a big Callaway guy as well. So he'll appreciate that. It, and I uh, yeah. may or may not have a Callaway personality coming on this show very soon. So oh, be on man. the lookout for that. Hashtag Chad, Harry Arnett. I'm looking at both of you guys. So <laughs> there are a lot of golf movies out there. Some are good, some are not. What's your favorite?
1: Oh gosh, um, I mean, I just kind of go with the old classics. I mean, I'm I'm definitely a classic. I'm am a tin cup person all the way. Tin so cup and Caddyshack. Good. I know. But tin cup is just like, I, like I could watch that over and over again. Caddyshack's good. It's got a lot of good humor. But if you said, okay, tin cup, Caddyshack, or you could throw a lot of others out there. Like I'm I'm tin cup all the way. Good so. answer.
0: Good yeah. segue into this next question, because being a Hoosier, I am a Purdue grad. She, she's not here. She would be rooting for IU. And it's funny because I'm not even sure she knows how to spell IU, but settle <laughs> the debate. I know you didn't go to IU or Purdue, but you're from the Hoosier state. Settle the debate. IU or Purdue?
1: I mean, I got, I got to go with my heart. I got to go with IU. And here's the ironic thing about that. Um, so, I mean, I grew And here's why. So my grandpa got me into the game of golf, right? He got me into the game of golf at like nine. He was like an avid IU fan. I would go to like home football games with him all the time when I was growing up. And so that's why like I got to go with my heart. However, I actually went to Purdue for a year as a walk-on, um, had, was a walk-on on their golf team. So I was at Purdue for a year before I transferred, but I never quite like, I guess, gravitated to being a, a Boilermaker fan through that. So IU all the way. All right, you're wrong. That's okay.
0: <laughs> I'm a Boilermaker. I can't help it. I know, it. right? I and
1: Ted, Ted would be uh, disappointed in me right now. But, you know, what are you going to do? One of his daughters went to IU, so he's split as well. Okay,
0: now I talked about her not knowing how to spell IU. She also has a degree from Purdue. She's got her undergrad from from Purdue and her MBA from IU. So she went the opposite direction. She, you know, but you know, hey. So she doesn't even really right. get the chance to, to, to buy. Yeah. Money. Now yeah. you talked about Callaway. I'm assuming you play a Callaway golf ball, Chrome Soft.
1: Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft, all the way. So yeah. I, and I used to, I switched from. I used to play uh Pro V1. So I used, to, I used to be a Titleist fan, uh, even I'm, though I play the
0: Pro V1X right now, and I am, I'm, uh I'm trying the Callaway. I'm just, I'm. Gotta I'm, try it. Oh, it's there. I mean, I'm, I'm playing Crumps off for the rest of the se- I'm going to play Crumps off this season, and we'll see.
1: Right. Oh, like you'll get hooked.
0: I feel like it's as far off the tee, but I don't feel like the spin around the greens is as good as the Pro V1. Is that
1: right? Mm-hmm. If I can
0: learn to play that, if I can justify landing at four or five feet short and letting it roll out versus to hit, check, and stop, I just got to change my game a little bit to play it. Right. But we'll right. see what happens. You'll now, I mentioned mi- I Tiger. I mean, he's above me. He's all around me. I drive a red and black car because he wears red on Sunday, and I'm not kidding. Be careful how you answer this. Now, do you think he breaks Jack's record? Why or why not?
1: Uh, I would say yeah. – I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Balloons I, confetti everything. I know. <laughs> I'm a Tiger fan. I had a Tiger poster in my room growing up, right? So, I mean, I'm as, as big of a Tiger fan as anybody – uh, I, I lost, you know, through his tough years. I was kind of a little iffy on him. Um, but, you know, he's he's really I feel like come back and he's better than he was um, probably in a better space. I'd imagine in his life as well. Um, so, yeah, I think the way that he's come back, he's I, I think he's got every chance to beat Jack's record for sure. I look forward to seeing it, and I'm happy that my uh, my son, who's now a golfer, is able to watch him on TV. I didn't think that was going to be able to happen, so I'm excited he can see it.
0: He, when he won just a few weeks ago, he played so bad on Sunday, shoots one over par on Sunday, and still wins the golf tournament by two. And I got into an argument. I didn't argue because the other person was wrong. I mean, I think Tiger's the (laughs) greatest of all time. There's no question about it. But somebody said, oh, well, he played in a limited field and he wouldn't do that well in a field of 144. And I was like, he played in a field of 30. There were the 30 best players in the world at that time that week. So if there's a field that he could play against and win, it'd be that one. Yeah, so okay. I, I think that I, I had said before this this year wrapped up that he was going to play well all season, no wins. So he's already ahead of my schedule. And I said three to five wins next year, one if not two majors. and. I'm going to be real excited to come Augusta because that would just be something else if he can get that done. Okay. Thank you for coming on the show. This has been awesome. That's not your last question, but it's always fun to get to meet new people. You added me on Facebook. Who knew that you would jump on Facebook and now you'd be coming on my show and the podcast. So I appreciate the content and the conversation. I think we have a lot of friends in common with your position where you're at at the Legends. Again, tell the team there that I said hello. I've got a lot of history there. Not as much as you because, my God, you've been with Mr. Bishop for quite some time, but Forever. your final question of your hashtag Wednesday match play presented by Eat Sleep Golf is what's next? I mean, you got a promotion, you're going to be a head pro, but what's, what's in the immediate future for you and snow is in your immediate future, but let's, let's look big picture. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I tell you what I've really, um, I mean, really the sky's the limit. I'm always trying to find ways. Like I, I try to stay completely open-minded. Um, I'm always trying to find ways to um, just to be better and prove, uh, create fun opportunities and just kind of be different. And I feel now that um, I'm in that head professional position, I can actually help the legends, you know, just kind of like, just grow. I really am interested in getting into like more advertising and marketing because I find that to be a lot of fun. Uh, social media is obviously a huge way for clubs nowadays to uh, reach more people and and grow their clientele. And you know what? It, there's there's no telling. I'm open minded for anything, so there's no telling what the future is gonna hold. I'm gonna get certifications. I'm just kind of grow my network and uh, you know grow the game. Think of fun, cool ideas. Heck, our junior program we had 70 this year. We may be up to over 100 next year. Who knows? So there's no limits. So that's awesome. All
0: that's so cool. I'm gonna look forward to following along on Facebook and other social networks. This episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play presented by Eat Sleep Golf, like I said, is going to be on iTunes and Google Play as a podcast. Subscribe there. Subscribe here on YouTube. Follow along on the Golf Radio Network. It's really easy to find this show. I am so excited for what you've got going on right now at the Legends, and it's going to be fun to follow along. And you've got, like I said, a bright future ahead of you, and I would love to see you get to 100. So keep me in the loop and let me know how well that does post snow when all the snow melts but come down to naples if you get cold because <laughs> well, they do call this paradise for a reason i'm just saying right so we got beaches all around us and great golf here and it's a lot of fun to come down here but thank you so much for coming on the show it's been fun getting to know more about you and more about your role of the legend and as always on the hashtag wednesday match plays you have to remember to eat sleep golf